Hi everyone. Welcome to the Desi Crime Podcast. I am Ashwarya, your host for this episode, and I'm Aryan. Before we start the case for today, we want all of you to go over to our Patreon and subscribe for amazing exclusive features like merch, awesome extra episodes, early access episodes, video calls with us, and more. To help the podcast out and to avail these benefits, go to www.patreon.com/desicrime and select a tier that works best for you. These acts of mass murder were intended to frighten our nation into chaos and retreat. But they have failed. Our country is strong. A great people has been moved to defend a great nation. Terrorist attacks can shake the foundations of our biggest buildings, but they cannot touch the foundation of America. These acts shatter steel, but they cannot dent the steel of American resolve. This was the address given by President George W. Bush in the aftermath of the attack. It was now September 12th, a day after the world had turned upside down. In the chaos and panic of one of the most devastating terror attacks in the history of the world, one family was reeling uniquely. Their daughter, Sneha Philip, had disappeared just a night before the attack, and nobody seemed to have the time to find her. When Sneha's brother's lie actually prompted the cops to investigate her disappearance, the case only grew more and more confusing. Welcome to part 2 of the mysterious disappearance of Sneha Philip. This is her story. Up till now, Ishwarya, two incidents have coincided. One which the world knows about, and the other which it doesn't. The first incident being 9/11, and the incident it has coincided with was that of Sneha's disappearance. Now, of course, there's a correlation and causation issue happening in the police investigation, where right. the police thinks that this. based on what her brother and family has told them that she was actually at the twin towers during the attacks but there's another side to it which has been ignored which was that she might have just gone missing around 911 people things still happened around right. 911 the world, the world didn't, didn't stop, stop. Yeah, exactly murder still exists existed still kidnapping still existed and troubled people people who might use a terrorist attack as an excuse to leave their lives and start afresh were also still existing so that's the problem with this case up until now is that there is a truth that's been hidden from the cops and from the world and from the media a truth that the family knows the truth being sneha was actually missing for a day before the attacks happened um so the question is very real and it comes to the forefront when the cops actually begin their actual investigation and start to trace back some of sneha's steps for the 10th of september 2001 so the cops now begin they actually start investigating her disappearance cops find out she was with ron the morning before the attacks like we mentioned they had breakfast together and her whereabouts were accounted for 
she then goes back home and the cops were able to confirm that she indeed did log into her computer to have that 2 hour long conversation with her mother meaning she was certainly alive till 4 pm on the 10th of september the time that she cut the call with her mom she tells her mom she needs to run some errands and the cops confirm this by retrieving the cctv footage from outside the couple's apartment building which shows sneha exiting her apartment at 5:18 pm about an hour after her call with her mother so again she's alive at 5 that evening it's confirmed now the cops trace where she went after she left her apartment this is important Following the CCTV trail, cops figure out that she went to the dry cleaners first to drop some clothes off. She can then be seen walking a few blocks down to a clothing store called Century 21. There's nothing off or weird about this video. She's just in the store alone browsing for clothes. She's wearing a brown dress, which is the same dress she was wearing that morning with Ron. Ron confirmed that. At 6 p.m., Sneha swipes Ron's American Express credit card at Century 21 for $550. The transaction details reveal that she bought a dress, she bought pantyhose, lingerie, and bed linen. So again, she's hmm. accounted for at 6 p.m. that evening. And those are the kind of items somebody would buy if they aren't planning on disappear. I don't know. Wait, that's conf- okay. It is confusing. Okay. Yeah, okay. would someone buy that if they plan to just up and run the next exactly. morning? Exactly. Lingerie. Maybe mm. not. Bed linens? No. Or running away with something. Let me not speculate. Okay, what <laughs> happened next? Okay, so then at around 7:18 p.m. that evening, she's seen at a different store from where she bought three pairs of shoes. This video footage and credit card receipts will become the last known location. of sneha three pairs of shoes in one shopping spree yep is she a doctor or a model she's buying <laughs> clothes left right and center aryan you're not a woman you don't need to be a model to shop for three pairs okay. of shoes yeah sneha walked out of this store and it's like she just disappeared she walked out and vanished Once Ron knew of his wife's last whereabouts, he specifically printed out missing person flyers for around that area where she was last recorded and put them all over the poles and walls. He even posted flyers inside the Century 21 store she had been at and in the shoe store she visited after that. And Ron's flyers worked because later that week a clerk who worked at the Century 21 store in Lower Manhattan called Ron to tell him that she had seen Sneha. She had recognized hmm. Sneha as a frequent customer. She remembered Sneha coming into the store on the evening of September 10th, but Sneha wasn't alone, she says. She was accompanied by a younger woman who also looked like she was of Indian descent. Ron and the cops went back to the footage. They scanned through it over and over and over again. but there was no other woman anywhere holy crap whoever she was somehow she wasn't visible with sneha on any of the video footage of her but the clerk at the store was certain sneha wasn't alone with these pieces of information coming forward the police quickly realized sneha's case went deeper than a disappearance on ground zero during the attacks and the clerk's testimony it's not um corroborated right it's her testimony versus the cctv footage yes yes it okay. is nobody else confirmed that so now the cops know sneha was missing from the day before that This is how Ashwin's lie unravels and slowly the cops mm. once again begin to prioritize those missing in the rubble before they could get to those that disappeared the day before. 
But Ron wasn't done looking for his wife. He had another way. He hired a private investigator, a man named Ken Gallant. Gallant began his investigation and found two key pieces of evidence to suggest that Sneha actually had returned to the couple's apartment on the morning of September 11th. The first piece of proof was a call from the home phone to Ron's mobile phone from inside the apartment at 4am. Ron says he doesn't remember receiving this call but thinks he may have briefly woken up to check his voicemail. Now, he can't say for sure. Ron received this call at 4am from inside the house while he was also inside the house. This is what the news article says but I honestly don't know what this means. So Ron was sleeping inside the apartment. Mm. Sneha got into the apartment and called his mobile phone from inside the apartment while he was right there in the room. Or could it have been, and this is me speculating, so mm-hmm. call BS if I spew yeah. BS, which is if she was planning on leaving, right? Mm-hmm. And upending and running away. And that's a wild theory that I don't right. believe, at least not right now. But if that was her you know, frame of mind, could that have been like a final letter, right? Where she leaves a voicemail on his phone saying, you know, I'm about to leave, etc., etc. These are my reasons. And that's what it was. She left that voice note and then left as people usually write letters. But again, as I'm saying that, I, I can think if that was the case, I don't think Ron would have woken up to that and gone, eh, just another voice note. I'll pass right. on it. Also... There was no voice message left. It was just a call on oh, Ron's phone. Okay. Um, and there was no message there, not by Sneha at the very least. Hmm. But the next piece of proof, Aryan, it might make your case, the case you've just made, even stronger. Thank you very much. But before we get into piece two of the evidence, it's really important to think. If this call really was made from inside the apartment, that's definitive proof that Sneha returned and left the apartment never to be seen again. The second piece of evidence was security footage from the apartment's lobby. Ken Gallant went through hours and hours worth of footage from the camera inside the apartment building and at exactly 8.40am on the 11th of September 2001, the morning of the attack, just six minutes before American Airlines Flight 11 crashed into the North Tower, Someone who looks exactly like Sneha walks into the building, stands in front of the elevator, turns around a few seconds later, walks out and is never seen on the footage ever again until the power goes out before the attacks. I have goosebumps, Ashwara. What do you mean somebody who looks like... Is the CCTV footage blurry? So, yep. According to Joe, this woman looked exactly like his wife. And that was usually the time in the morning she would return after she had slept over at a friend's place. Her clothes seemed similar to those that Sneha was wearing in the Century 21 footage a day before. Mm. But during this time of the day, Aryan, the sunlight was shining right into the camera. It created a glare and silhouette making her very hard to identify for certain. But you all know what's really, really weird and eerie about this footage? It's so weird that thinking about this specific thing about this footage gives me chills. This woman, if she is Sneha, is not carrying any of the bags from her shopping trip yesterday. 
she has nothing in her hands mm. if this really is sneha an important question to ask is where are those bags because not only was sneha never found after september 11th mm. nobody has ever found those bags either some of you might think if she really was at a friend's place the night before maybe she forgot the bags there she reached her apartment remembered she forgot the bags and turned around to get them but then got caught up in the attack and perhaps died in the collapsing of the building plausible theory yes but if you have a close friend you spend the night with and the next morning you disappear and your entire family is putting out flyers and making attempts to find you What kind of friend is this who doesn't come forward to say hey she was with me last night she slept here she left her bags here and she left in the morning Yeah I have two questions I was about to ask one I think you've kind of answered yeah. where is this much proclaimed friend right, right. firstly and secondly ashwara are we uploading that footage on our instagram yes we are okay thank you <laughs> thank you very much see guys i'm as excited as you when i listen to these stories So go to Desi Crime. Check out this At footage. Desi Crime. That's I where all the footage is. Yeah. Yes. So that's why this detail is so weird. Nobody knows what happened to these bags. In fact, shout out to Ashley Flowers from Crime Junkie. She goes even further to say that not only is finding the bags important, but finding the size of the lingerie and the size of the bed sheets that she shopped for is perhaps more important. Mm. Were the sheets the size of her bed at home, or were they not? Was the lingerie her size, or was it not? That is key to solving the puzzle of her disappearance. Another theory suggests that she came to her apartment, waited outside the elevator, heard the attack outside, walked out to see what happened, decided to go to the site of the accident to ground zero to help people out, especially considering she was a doctor, and died when the buildings collapsed. Now there are a few problems with this theory. For Sneha to reach the elevator at 8:40 a.m. and walk out once she heard the attacks, she would have had to wait outside the elevator for 6 whole minutes, which even by the standard of the tallest of buildings with the slowest of elevators is very unusual. Moreover, it's obvious from the video that she did not wait for 6 minutes. She reaches the building stands in front of the elevator and a maximum of a minute and a half later turns around and leaves now i guess it is possible that the time stamp on the video footage was mm. wrong but my mind just asks what are the odds that all of this was supposed to happen this way to a line to make this such a perfect disappearance yeah Another problem is that I guess I personally don't understand the impulse to rush to a scene of a terrorist attack when there's so much commotion on the streets there are ambulance sirens police vehicles all over the place without leaving your husband a note a message anything especially since you hadn't spoken to him since a day before Even for the best of trained doctors there has to be some fear right rescue workers that helped at ground zero didn't rush to the building in the middle of the attack they went hours later when the situation stabilized the majority of the people helping on the scene in the immediate hours after the attack were official rescue workers of the new york police department police officers firefighters and emts In fact, it is the responsibility of all of these people to make sure that there is no public in mm. these dangerous situations to protect the public. This is exactly what their job is. So I I think I just don't understand the impulse to watch the attack and run into the building minutes later. I just don't see how someone would have let her help at the scene minutes after the attack. Another problem with this theory 
is that this theory doesn't answer the question, where are the bags? Why hadn't she called since yesterday? And why hasn't the person she stayed with come forward to claim that she was with them? Despite these problems, this is the theory that Ron, Gallant and the rest of Sneha's family say is the most plausible. The most common internet theory, however, of what happened to Sneha is that she used the chaos from the 9-11 attacks to walk away from her life forever. That just blows my mind. No that, pun intended. Aryan. No, that's not funny. <laughs> no, 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 we never said that. Continue. Oh my God. That, Aryan, is the theory that the New York Police Department came to believe following their investigation. Wait, so it became... A oh, this theory. isn't a conspiracy theory. No, not at all. Not this one. Huh. This was the NYPD's official explanation of what happened to Sneha. And I'm sure you will get to this, but does in any shape or form her buying lingerie and all those things tie into the fact that she might be seeing someone else and this was the perfect excuse? It does. And okay. we're coming to that. Sure. Okay, so this was the theory that the New York Police Department believes. Sneha was going through something, they say. She was tired of having to deal with it. So when she came home that morning, she stood in front of the elevator and as she's waiting, she hears the loud bang of the attack. She hears the screams. She hears the commotion. She turns around to walk out and see what's going on and uses the attack as an opportunity to walk away from the life she had forever. Why would a perfectly happy woman just walk away from her life? Or are we assuming incorrectly yeah. that she was a happy woman? Yes, we are. And it's not your fault that you're assuming that. I've set her life up to sound normal. Uh, and I guess Sneha's life was normal, yes. But not everything was going well for her. Remember how on the 10th of September, Sneha had a day off from work. She got breakfast with Ron that morning and that evening she didn't make it back home. Sneha didn't have work that morning because Sneha didn't have work. In fact, not only was she unemployed on that morning, she also had a court hearing. I had mentioned earlier that she used to work at the Cabrini Medical Center, mm-hmm. but the center had declined to renew Sneha's contract due to her, quote, tardiness and alcohol-related issues. No. Basically meaning they fired her. But... According to Sneha, that's not the reason she was fired. Just a few weeks ago, Sneha had filed a sexual harassment complaint at work. Oh my god. She had also taken the matter to the police and had told them that she was groped by an intern while at work. Apparently, the prosecutor that investigated the case found no proof that she was groped and ended up dropping the sexual harassment charge and instead filed a third-degree false reporting charge against Sneha, which, under New York state law, is a misdemeanor. Now, my question is, if you are groped by a co-worker at work, what proof is there supposed to be of that happening? I don't know who was right in the situation and who was wrong, but I see why there is almost no way to generate proof of something like that. There is one way to assess the proof is that... The conversations you have with other people. The conversations you have with other people, certainly. But there's another one in my opinion, which is, was the complaint regarding the groping filed before complaints against her were levied? Yeah, so I don't think I at least have the answer to that question. But you're right, that's a definitive way of seeing whether or not 
um sneha was right in the situation right so she could have come up with that yeah. um yeah of course a- abuse um report as a way to cover up for her tardiness and her alcohol related issues right perhaps um whether or not sneha was lying we have no way of knowing mm-hmm. uh if one is to believe the prosecutor there was no proof that sneha was sexually harassed and uh, thus in the end the prosecutor ended up filing a charge against sneha for a misdemeanor so the day she was told she was being fired sneha went out to a local bar with her other employees but because she was now charged with a misdemeanor the night ended with sneha behind bars that is the reason on september 10th sneha was formally arraigned on the criminal charge and pled not guilty and thus had a court hearing at a courthouse wow a police report stated that sneha and ron actually got into a loud argument at the courthouse about sneha's drinking problems and her night outs which ended with her walking off After losing this job Sneha managed to get herself another job to work with internal medicine at St Vincent's Medical Care Center in Staten Island but one of the conditions of this new job was that she needed to attend regular meetings with a substance abuse counselor Sneha ended up missing a few of those meetings in succession and her second job fired her as a consequence too Okay so whether or not the sexual abuse charges are true yeah. or not I'm not going to speculate on that right. but I I'm getting a feeling that regardless of that her alcohol problem is real Yes 100% mm. and Ron agrees to that there was something going Ex- wrong with yeah. Sneha Yeah Right so she's now fired from her second job as well It's reported in an article by Apollo's Raven that after she lost her second job, Sneha spent a lot of time having these night outs, but not at regular bars, at gay and lesbian bars in the city, with some known for having a quote rough clientele. In fact, the cops went so far as to say that Sneha would regularly leave these bars in the company of women she met there. A different police report also mentioned that Sneha would be caught in bed in a compromising position with her brother's girlfriend leading to a huge argument and rift between the two siblings. Sneha's family and Ron however have come forward to claim that none of these stories are true. But I guess I don't fully understand the motivation for the New York Police Department to lie in an official police report. Yeah, and this is not like a politician and th- th- no, it's I, not. there's no ne- I mean if the if there is a motivation I I don't see one. I think the only motivation is kind of far fetched is that the police wanted to be done with this case so badly. Oh there are easier ways to get done with the case right, as well. Yeah. Then to create this story yeah. and reports around it. Yeah, I accept that. So Sneha's brother apparently also hated the fact that the NYPD had reported that he caught his sister with his girlfriend and even came forward to claim that he had never spoken to the detective that had written the report. Ron also came forward to say that the report mentioning the argument outside the courthouse was completely false. Sneha's entire family came to believe that the NYPD had used whatever little information they had to create a story that helped their narrative, a narrative that saves them the hassle of having to investigate another missing persons case in the midst of so many thousands. If these stories are true, it would maybe explain where Sneha's bags were. I know I'm stuck on the bags. with someone that she was maybe having an affair with and it explains why this person would be hesitant to come forward and admit of their affair 
with her yes. after she disappeared also consider this person would be more hesitant to come forward and accept the affair if this person was a woman this time is 2001 and being in a lesbian relationship an extramarital lesbian relationship with an Holy indian crap. woman is a completely different ball game however there isn't enough evidence to prove one way or another that she was lesbian this theory also makes sense when you consider the fact that there was absolutely no physical evidence of sneha at ground zero and again when you're saying lesbian you mean she could have been bisexual yeah, as well bisexual yeah bisexual or yeah. lesbian yes either of the two so this theory by the nypd like i said makes even more sense considering the fact that there was no physical evidence of sneha at ground zero using dna evidence and belongings a substantial number of the victims have now been identified In fact, Sneha wore diamond earrings and her wedding necklace every day, including the day before the attacks, both of which should have easily survived the fire at Ground Zero. But nothing belonging to Sneha hmm. has been found. In 2022, scientists are still working to test the remains found at Ground Zero and bring final closure to the families of the victims that long for a place to visit for the sake of the loved ones they lost. But despite the fact that a significant number of remains from Ground Zero had been thoroughly damaged due to the extreme heat and prolonged exposure in the burning rubble, there is still the possibility that Sneha might end up being identified. People have now been identified 20 years later using the tiniest of bone fragments. There is another theory, however. What if she didn't die in the attacks and didn't run away? What if she was killed by someone? What if that evening Sneha went to a bar like she had been doing for these last few weeks? What if she was drugged there or met someone there with whom she went back home and what if this person killed her? This goes back to Aryan's previous point that normal murders didn't stop just because the next day there was going to be a terrorist attack. That would also explain where the bags went. That doesn't explain the video footage. and that doesn't explain how the killer got rid of sneha's body in a city on high alert after a terrorist attack some people also believe that ron might be guilty these people believe ron was sick of sneha's recent life choices her struggle with her sexuality her alcoholism her loss of her jobs her late nights outside with random people and one day he just snapped He killed her in a fit of rage and used the confusion of the NYPD and the chaos in the city to divert attention from the actual perpetrator which was him to the story that she was at ground zero forever saving himself from being questioned. These people point to the fight outside of the courthouse. Remember the one that the couple had had the morning of the day she disappeared? That fight was allegedly about her drinking and her alleged lesbianism or bisexualism which ended with an angry Sneha storming off leaving Ron behind. According to the article in Apollo's Raven, people that believe this theory point to the call which Ron received at 4 a.m., but he claims not to remember. They say that's incredibly mm. strange. He got a call but doesn't remember it, yet claims to have woken up around that time to check his voicemail. That story doesn't mm. sit right with people. Despite this theory, however, the police never thought Ron was a suspect. The fact that he hired a private investigator, put up hundreds of posters around New York, True, yeah. took a month off work to search for his wife, all point to the fact that he truly did want to find her alive. Sneha's family also never thought he had anything to do with her going missing. Mm. The article says, "Quote." 
Ron seems like a devoted husband who was devastated by his wife's death. He also wouldn't have campaigned so hard for Sneha to be added to the official victim list if he was guilty of killing her. And Ron also came forward to say that his wife's frequenting of lesbian and gay bars was due to her not wanting to be in a space where she was open to being hit on or harassed again by men. And what place makes that possible? A gay or a lesbian bar. And it is true, some women do indeed prefer to go to gay bars because they feel safer around gay men and don't feel like they'd be harassed by other women in a lesbian bar. He says the assault she experienced at the hospital was the entire reason she got into this lifestyle. He also says it's an absolute lie that she had sex with any of the women she left the bars with. She did leave with them, yes, he agrees, but she just made friends at those bars. Sometimes she would work on music with these girls, other times paint. For example, Ron recounts an incident when she returned covered in paint from the house of a female she had met at a bar who ended up being an artist. So yes, due to her being fired and the sexual harassment she experienced, Sneha was going through a rough time, Ron said. In fact, she might have even been suffering from depression. She was going to bars more than usual, drinking more than usual and sleeping over at friends' houses more often, but none of that is any reason to believe she was having an affair or was a lesbian or bisexual woman who did not love her husband and wanted to leave her entire life behind and run away. Ken Gallant, the private investigator, also came to vehemently disagree with the theories advanced by the New York Police Department, which claimed that Sneha had used the chaos of the 9-11 to run away when her life problems became too much to handle. Gallant went through Sneha's property, including her hard drive, which showed no evidence or sign that Sneha had intended to flee. She had left behind her glasses, her passport, her driver's license, all of her credit cards and only had on her her husband's American Express card, which she left on the 10th with. In fact, despite this being the only card she had on her, there was no activity on this card ever again after that day. Ron kept this account open in the hope that perhaps someone would use the card and lead him to his wife, giving him some answers, whether good or bad. But it was never used again. Gallant also points to the fact that Sneha enjoyed a very close relationship with her family, especially her mother, whom she had spoken to just the day of her disappearance. Her mother said her daughter told her everything and it made little sense for her to speak to her mother for two hours the day she was deciding to vanish, yet for her to seem completely normal and not mention any problems or seem emotional if she intended on planning on walking away from her life forever. At the end, unfortunately, all claims for and against any theory just literally became a they said, they said between the NYPD and Sneha's family. It was now 2003. The NYPD had ended their investigation and as far as they were concerned, Sneha had run away. Of course, Ron and Sneha's family didn't believe that. And they decided to file a court petition in the New York County Surrogate Court to have Sneha officially declared a victim of the 9-11 attacks. For that, they had to show clear evidence that she was in the buildings or under them and was a victim to be counted in that official number of victims and to be able to claim from the federal September 11th Victim Compensation Fund. Ron's case was simple. He claimed his wife's medical knowledge and work as a doctor would have led her to rush to the scene to help the people in need. According to Apollo's Raven, quote, 
This claim combined with Sneha's mother's testimony of the online chat that stated her daughter's intention of visiting the Windows in the World restaurant and possibly shopping at the World Trade Center's mall makes this theory credible. The author of the NYPD report testified he thought Sneha had died in the attacks too. On June 29, 2006, Judge Rene Roth ruled that it could not be proven that Sneha was at the World Trade Center on September 11th and set the legal date of her death as September 10th, 2004, three years after she was reported missing as per New York state law. Mm. The judge believed the theory that she had run away in the chaos or had been murdered before the attacks way more. As Ron could not provide a death certificate that stated her death as that of 11 September 2001, his claim with the memorial fund was denied. Given Sneha's age and future earning potential, it's thought that Ron would have received between 3 to 4 million dollars. End quote. Ashwarya, I read somewhere recently that just last year in New York, last year being 2021, mm-hmm. guess how many people went missing in New York last year? If you had to guess. Um, 120. 13,000 people What? went missing in New York in 2021. In the state of New York? In the state of New York, but the majority is in the city of New York, right? right? A similar number might have gone missing during 2001. Right. Right? Yeah. And so... Maybe even higher. Maybe even higher. So 13,000 yeah. in a year translates to about, I mean, do the math there... Uh, I guess 50 people a day going missing. Right. So maybe 50 people went missing on 10th September and 50 people went missing on 11th September and maybe Sneha was just one of them. But it's went not missing com- how and went missing where. I agree, where? I agree, That's but it's a question. It's it, it seems like a correlation causation issue. I I don't know. I agree. I also throughout the research for this case felt like her family pressed really hard to have her declared as a victim of 9/11 yeah. even though they themselves didn't have any proof that she was one. If they I guess it was a way of honoring her that they mm. wanted her name on the memorial but That's not necessarily representative of the truth. She may never have been there. And did they ever get that name on her memorial? So Aryan, even though their chance of success to get her name on the official victims list was low, the family was adamant on having Sneha be declared as one of the victims. They continued to persist. And then on January the 31st, 2008, a five-judge panel reversed the original judge's decision. This panel claimed that the explanation they found the most likely was the simplest one was that Sneha had died trying to help those caught up in the attack and had lost her life in the process. The judge on the panel dismissed the NYPD report criticizing it as hearsay and one based on too much conjecture and not enough evidence. That it that it does seem like It does. Yep, I agree. He also stated that if Juan Lafont, who was a victim that disappeared in very similar situations like Sneha and was declared a victim of 9/11, if he could get that official status, so could Sneha. The panel considered it very unlikely that she had run. Who runs away like this without any preparation? The panel agreed with the family and Gallant that she had died another way. However, by 2008, the payments made by the memorial fund had closed. All payments of the victims identified ended by 2003. Any victims identified after 2003 didn't get the money, but their names were added to the official memorials. 
A memorial in Sneha's name was made at Duchess Community College where her mother works as a computer programmer. Her father buried an urn full of ashes from ground zero at a cemetery near their home. Six months after the appeal, the Phillips family were informed of Sneha's name officially being added to the victims list. At the National September 11 Memorial at Ground Zero, Sneha's name can be found at the South Pole on panel S66. The investigators and rescue workers couldn't find a body for Sneha. And like that, she joins a list of thousands whose families wait, if not for their bodies, then for some piece of their clothing, a shoe, a piece of jewellery, anything. According to Apollo's Raven, her parents have kept her room the way it was when she left. It's a memorial, only adding more photos and her diplomas. Ron has since remarried in 2010 with the blessing of Sneha's parents, with whom he still remains close. Despite no official sighting of Sneha since her visit to the Century 21 store and possibly her return to the apartment the morning of the attacks, there was something. An online anonymous confession that got the internet riled up about the possibility of Sneha having used 9-11 to run away and that being a legitimate theory. There's an online community art project called Post Secret, which was created in 2005, in which people mail their secrets anonymously on a homemade postcard. Selected secrets are then posted on the Post Secret website or used for Post Secret's books or museum exhibits. In 2012, Post Secret received a submission many have come to believe was from Sneha. No. The postcard seems like it was made from a pencil. It looks like a pencil sketch of the Twin Towers on a yellowish, rusty piece of paper. The towers in the drawing are burning. Someone has tried to draw the 9-11 attack. On top of the drawing, in the smoke, there is one sentence. A sentence people couldn't believe they were seeing. Quote, Everyone who knew me before 9-11 believes I am dead. End quote. 